Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Thursday Night Hangout! Uh, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, Zilius. It's good to see you on this Thursday where neither of us are dying in a bed or being struck by electrical storms. Thank goodness. Yes, uh, I, I do apologize. Um, we did not have a show last week, and it was absolutely 100% my fault. Um, I basically tried to burn the candle at both ends. I, um, I Monday and Tuesday uh, of last week, I worked from 8 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. That was Monday, and then Tuesday was uh, 8 a.m. to 10.45 p.m. So I was at, like, Wednesday, I was delirious. Apparently, like, none of my emails made sense. I went, I, I did work, but, and then I was like, uh, then I started getting a migraine, and I was laid down, and then I was like, uh, I need to sleep for, like, a billion hours. Uh, you know what I've never actually seen is a candle being burnt at Pell Fence. Does the, like, do these candles actually exist with like a yes. wick on both sides? Yeah. I need one apparently. I've never had one. Well, you're going to have to, you're, you're probably going to have to like do it yourself. But then again, I'm sure there's stores, there's like stores, or you could just, you know, just use a knife and cut a little bit of the, the well, bottom, the base off and just, I don't know, um, use a clamp to hold it in the middle. But that's still going to be like awkward to like hold or clamp and collect the wax in a proper location. So it's, it's a like race to the middle falling into my food. That's true. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, this of course is the Thursday night show. This is a weekly live show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you. Um, if you haven't got a chance to add your topic, your question, etc., have no fear. Uh, you just drop them in the chat and we will add them to the show. If by some unfortunate uh, happenstance, we do run out of time. We will add that topic to the beginning of the very next show. Yeah. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump into the the news that matters the most to you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the first thing, and I know that everyone is dying to talk about this. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's a release date. I don't... Um, before I say anything, I want to make sure... Well, no, they don't really have a release date. Uh, anyways, sorry. Warner Brothers is coming out with a new box set called Middle Earth. It's going to contain the Hobbit and the whole Hobbit saga and the whole Lord of the Rings saga. Do you want to take a guess? Oh, sorry, sorry. It's October 26. October 26 is coming out. Yes, on the date. Do you do you want to take a guess as to how much it's going to cost? And how many Blu-ray discs are in this set? $200. $250. And I'm going to guess 20 discs? 31. That's a whole lot of Hobbit in your life. 31 Blu-ray. That's a whole lot of Hobbits. Now, of course, uh, let's see here. Uh, The collector's edition includes 31 Blu-ray discs worth of content, including... Uh, 4K HDR versions of all six films, their theatrical cuts, and their extended editions. Warner okay. Brothers will be releasing this box set October 26, and it'll run fans 250 bucks. See, I consider the 
extended release, the only real release. So in my calculations, I was not even considering the theatrical release. And uh, but and that a little weird, like. I don't know, like that that makes me scratch my head. Is there literally like a Blu-ray disc that yeah. just has a theatrical release and then there's another Blu-ray disc that has the extended? Why not have like what most movies do? They have the option to watch, like literally you go, you hit play. It goes, would you like the theatrical release or the, the director's cut? My guess is it depends on the size of the disc of whether or not it can fit all that onto one disc. Is probably what it is. This is true. How long is the extended cuts of each of the Lord of the Rings? Um, I can tell you in a second, because I because like the regular, like the actual, hours. like theatrical release was like close to what two and a half hours. I want to say two. Like so, Lord of the Rings is literally the only digital media I own. Whoa, that's big, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't actually know how to find it because once I've bought it i'm like and i'm good did you buy it through prime or or yeah. amazon or or did you do it through like wb uh no i did it through um amazon then it's not too too hard if you know where to look there we go um so let's see here actually no i did it not through there i did it there's another service i can't remember what it's called that does it for like all of them um so let's see here the where's the first one are we t okay? Are we talking extended cut or director uh, or, or or theatrical? Let's find them all. Where are you? There we go. So the extended okay. So the extended version of Fellowship of the Ring is three hours and forty eight minutes. The Two Towers is three hours and fifty five minutes. And the Return of the King with the eight endings is four hours and twenty three minutes. That's just a wee bit of time. If you, well, an hour if it's the ending. Um, and then if you want to get into The Hobbit, then you have, I think, Unexpected Journey is the first one at a three hours and two minutes. The Battle of the Five Armies is a paltry two hours and 43 minutes. Psh, and then the Desolation of Smog, good Lord, is four hours and 23 minutes. Ah, you flipped one. Uh, is it the last two? I didn't know what it, order it was. Yeah, it's the Unexpected Journey, the Desolation of Smog, and then the Battle of the Five Armies. There we go. Of course, the unfortunately, the Hobbit trilogy is kind of terrible. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Uh, there's a little bit more information about this uh, uh, box set. Um, there's also a puzzle box, and this is a quotation marks, which I don't know oh. if that's a good thing or a bad thing. A puzzle box? collectible as well as a booklet featuring various art notes and photos from production uh the box will also offer new art cards travel posters and more i'll be honest and, and and this this leads into the question that i want to bring up um personally i think i have finally gotten past the desire of needing those collector edition with all the extra tchotchkes because I got too much shit. I don't need the art cards and the the poster, which might be nice, or it might just be an itty bitty little, you know, square of of uh, you know, laminated paper. I don't know. But for you, Zelius, are you, you know, if, if I guess you know, sure, if, if there's like a collector's edition of of specific something that I have to have, sure. But I'm not gonna like actively try to find 
the collector's edition for movies or video games? Honestly, this is 10 years too late. Um, I mean, as far as... What was the last it, Hobbit released? Um, that's actually a good question. Uh, actually, I could have read the year when I was looking at these. That would have been smart. What do you go, Celius? 2014. So it's been seven years. That is well, too long. Remember, The Hobbit doesn't exist. Uh, but as far as... Because it's it's a nostalgia kick. That's all it is. And I think the issue you're running to is twofold. Mm-hmm. One is most people like myself who are really into the Lord of the Rings trilogies. Right. And I already bought the OG version, the extended DVD. OG! Um, so I have those somewhere. And then finally I broke down and bought the online extended version. Most people in my sphere of nerdism probably a pretty similar train of purchasing, I would imagine. Um, but now that you've had this new how much, $250 edition, yep. like, I feel like most people are like, look, I've already bought the disc. I've already did the version. I really don't need a third or fourth or fifth edition of really the same thing. You know, um, to be honest, I, I just I... feel like that. And I think the other part too is in COVID further kicked us in the butt where we're digital content world now yes um so as far as the extra Chosky's, you look at like kids they're not going to give a crap about it they don't uh, understand it yeah that's a good point they don't get it either so it's i get it wb's trying to make some money uh it's cool i mean it's interesting but at the same time i wouldn't think it's going to actually sell well is my prognosis uh you know to be honest with you i feel like this is one of the if if I were to have 250 bucks uh, available and for some reason I had to get this box set, I think this would be a case of that damn thing would never come out of the wrapper. <laughs> like, I'd be like, I have it. Um, and to be honest with you, I think that what this box set needs, and I'll have to look up at, look it up afterwards, but it needs the like the 80s, uh, animated version of The Hobbit. Oh, that would have been cool, actually. I, I like that idea. That's a, that's an interesting original idea. You know, it and, kind of give a little extra... Because people don't expect that. You know what I mean? Like, But if you add it, like... And I think the other key thing, too, is a lot of these extras have been scattered in the other DVDs or Blu-rays already. Um, a number of them are also available online. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it too is a lot of these extras, if like you kind of pay attention to like interviews with the actors, these stories have probably already been told throughout the years through various webcasts and interviews and stuff. Right. Um, Cause it is so popular. So I think a lot of these things might not be, you know, when it first came out, everybody's like, Oh yeah, this is so cool and unique. But now it's probably already been done almost. Um, of course, I mean, you also don't have a version with the 4K ultra high depth. So there is that part, which is pretty cool. Um, and I could see something, for instance, like the Battle of Helm's Deep would be freaking cool to see with the true 4K UHD. Um, or if you the, own the, that type, that, that's the other thing. It, it, when do you think that f- uh, 4K is going to be the standard? Because I, it's still like a luxury for me, in my opinion. I think 
honestly, it's if you you can get a 4K TV for 65 inch for 450 dollars. Too rich for my blood, unless of course I finally pull all my money out of uh, cryptocurrency. Ooh, um, I mean, anybody buying a TV in the last two years, it's going to be 4K TV. Um, so that's really unless you're stupid. Well, sure. I don't know if they make like 45 inch TVs that aren't 4K anymore. Like, I mean, I'm sure you could find one if you really try. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I- but for the price, like it makes zero logical sense. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. If you're buying a new TV, it doesn't make any sense not to get something 4K. Um, so I, I would say anybody probably within the last couple of years, it's 4K. So you're right. I mean, it's still not a full market, satur- market saturation, but 4K is definitely becoming much more the norm than it was even five years ago. Mm-hmm. I think a big part is the price drop. I mean, you can get a decent Vizio there. Uh, 4K 65-inch TV with the built-in Roku for what, like six, seven hundred bucks, um, probably, which is just nuts. And if you wait for you know a Black Friday or something like that, it'll be even cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually just saw today where Amazon has their own branded uh, 4K TV. It's probably just a Vizio, really, um, just with the Fire Stick um, instead of Roku, whatever the Vizio has. Um, and so, like, they're all doing it for that same kind of price point from, like, a base entry model. So it's kind of – so I think to your point, it's a good point. I think the other one reason I could see getting it, honestly, is, I mean, when watching, you know, the 4K Ultimate Digital Edition, there's obviously going to be digital artifacts, um, especially in something like the Battle of the Helms Deep where it's all those darks. Yep. It really does become – much more visible into digital streaming. We were trying to watch those intense battle scenes. So something like that, I, I don't know if it's worth $250, um, but it is pretty cool. Um, I guess the other question obviously would be is how many people also own not just a 4K TV, but a Blu-ray player. Because um, I think the reality used to be, let's just say five years ago, if you were getting a 4K TV five years ago, you probably had a Blu-ray player to go with it because you're kind of a techophile, right? But nowadays, they're so much commonplace where people are buying 4K TVs without even caring about the Blu-ray player nowadays. Um, so I guess that's the other question is how many people actually have a Blu-ray player? And I don't even know, can all, four, can all Blu-ray players output 4K UHD or is that like a better version of the og blu-ray i don't even know Ooh, that's actually a very good question how uh, much of a how much of a kick to the nuts would that be you got yourself a you, you spend all that money on a 4k tv and you buy this 250 dollar super duper box set only to find out that your blu-ray doesn't uh do 4k that would hurt a lot by the way also like i said uh, they should add the uh, the animated uh, Hobbit to this collection, in my personal opinion. And they also need the Litter Nimoy's Bilbo Baggins music video from God knows how long ago. It is the most annoying thing in the world, but it needs to be included. I mean, come on. If you want the full Middle Earth experience, and while we're at it, why don't you just throw in the, the defunct card game that I have a shit ton of cards for, but was never able to play because I didn't understand the rules. 
So here's what's interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like I just pulled up a random DVD player on Amazon, a LG Blu-ray player yep. for $70. When I'm looking at the tech specs, it's saying full 1080p, not 4K. That does not surprise me. I, that I Which Like I said, I think that 1080p, it's, you know, I, we're seeing the transition, but it's still the standard. So, yeah, like I defined, so now I'm on a $131 DV, um, Blu-ray player mm-hmm. that does the 4K play. So I guess the answer to my question is no, a Blu-ray player is not by default 4K. You have to get the, you don't just have to Blu-ray player, you have to have a good enough Blu-ray player to play it in all its glory. Otherwise, you might as well just have the streaming version. Yep. Because, um, I mean, really 4K streaming is almost like, 1080p blu-ray quality in a way sam says he has a 4k tv with no blu-ray the only 4k video he's ever Ooh. seen was on youtube uh, youtube nature video which i'm sure was just like gorgeous the wife talked him into buying it for some reason it's effectively useless Aww. and I, I i understand i mean like look i have um i have in my uh in my basement office uh i have a 50 inch plasma tv that unfortunately will only go up to 720 yeah um, i but, lo- i loved my plasma tv man but those true blacks man those true blacks no like outside the res- i mean obviously 720 is a little bit more but the colors just i much prefer the plasma colors to a um l to like the lcd that most of us have like yeah, the true blacks and just that vivid color of the plasma, man. Oh, those were that's where it was at. Now the downside was that mother that that dude is fucking heavy, man. Uh, cor- yeah, they correct. Plasma- they don't make plasmas. Five or so years. Um, I think it was it was Panasonic or Samsung. I forget which one was like the last distributor of the plasmas. Um. I remember on mine, it was the audio died or something. I don't remember what it was. Something died on mine. That was sad. Um, of course, now all the rage is the OLED screens. Yeah, man. You might as well just go all in, man. Get the OLED 4K with 120 hertz. I'm, tr- I'm trying to I'm, – I'm Googling on the side to see if I could find out um, when it went bye-bye. Yeah, because the plasmas were heavy, and they also were like magnet, um, lava magnets. They were hot, man. They, they oh were- yeah, look, man. If if you if if my power ever goes out, I've got like a backup battery that my computer sits on just in case. I will unplug that and plug the TV into it, and it is a fucking heater, man. Heat up your house with that, nice. Uh, it looks like uh, the pr- production, it looks like Pan- Panasonic was the last one, and they stopped production on 2014. Jeez, yeah. Because I would have bought mine probably around 2007 or eight would be my guess is where I got mine. It was like the first like TV I owned. I think uh, my wife and I bought the our plasma right before we got married we were engaged but we we weren't quite married and we had a hell of a time at costco that was my one black friday purchase nice 
All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have another story. Uh, you know, we're we're going to try to cover multiple stories. So, the next story is something that excites me but also depresses me because I don't think I'll ever own a PlayStation 5. But, Zelius, you have a PlayStation 5, yes? Yeah. All right. So, Zelius, for you, this might be phenomenally amazing news. Oh, do tell. It is official. There is a remake of one of the uh, most amazing games ever to grace video games. Uh, it, this, the game was originally released in uh, 2003. And that, my friends, is the one, the only, KOTOR. Star Wars Ooh. Knights of the Old Republic remake is coming to the PlayStation 5. Well, shit. Okay. Zealous is going to be spending some money. That's a day one purchase. Um, you know, it's going to be actually interesting for me, right? Is, you know, KOTOR is one of those OG, original, Bioware, amazing, both story and gameplay. We're both great. There's always that wonderment of, is it rose-tinted glasses? Um, you know what I mean? It's, is it going to be like, if when I, I'm gonna get it, no doubt. But right. When I get it, is it gonna be like, huh? This gameplay or story isn't quite as cool as I remember it. Um, so that's a little bit interesting to me to kind of see. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely gonna be a day one purchase. Um, I was a hundred percent total evil, evil Sith. Um, and I love the Sith because you got, I think it was like the electric choke. Sith skill, so like you'd be like, yes, sending out electricity, like choke people to death. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, um, of course, yeah. I already knew the big spoiler in the game, so that's part of it. Um, to be honest, I think this is one of the like, I've you know, I, I believe anyone who's played KOTOR, which of course, once again, Knights of the Old Republic, Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic. Uh, I think if you were to compare nostalgia between this game and Final Fantasy 7. I think Ooh. that this one would stand up better because one of the things that made the game amazing was the the leveling up and and kind of molding your character portion, you know, mechanics where yeah. Final Fantasy 7 it, it's, you know, straight up leveling and, and you're really depending on the story which you know like i said i've said in the past and i'm not ashamed to say it when Eris theme comes on i get teary-eyed still to this day but yeah it is coming so the other question i'm gonna have is are they gonna do kotor 2 now um because on the one hand you have kotor 1 which is a 10 star original versus kotor 2 which it's the definition of the first half to 75% of the game is solid. And then basically the publisher was like, oh, you have to finish the game. But we're not finished. Nope, you're pretty much finished. Release the game. Uh, and so basically the game wasn't finished because the publisher said, sorry, developer, you're out of time to finish it. I um, think that that if they were to go in, if, you know, of course, I'm hoping, I'm praying that this is a huge success and hopefully will migrate to something other than PlayStation 5. Uh, but if that's a big enough success, I don't think that, you know, it would be too much of a st stretch to see KOTOR 2, but I would hope that it wouldn't just be like, you know, a remaster. 
You know, mm-hmm. they, I, I would hope that they would, you know, iron out some of those kinks. Well, I think that's the difference is, you know, KOTOR wants a complete game. So yeah, it's absolutely. really a remaster, which I hope it's a remaster, not a remake. Right. Um, because there's really nothing to fix. It keep, they well in this article it keeps saying remake, which kind of worries well, me ever so slightly. It's a little bit tricky though, because I mean, it's also the interchanging of the words and probably meaning the same thing too. Maybe I'm being overly optimistic here. Um, versus Kotor two, which I think it needs more than just a shiny glean if they're going to redo it. Um, it needs to be fixed, which would be a moneymaker. I mean, just no doubt. I mean, it's a great RPG. Um, I mean, the the base story is already there. Um, So, yeah. But the other game I really, really, really want them to remake, which I think would actually be a more dramatic remake for the PS5 than KOTOR, Mm -hmm. would honestly be, I've said it before many times, would be Jade Empire. And I think yep. it's because of the way the combat plays. Yep. Um, I feel like the graphics and the immersion for Jade Empire from a gameplay perspective would benefit more from a new generation console engine um, than KOTOR with just the style of gameplay. I feel like Jade Empire would actually have more of a drastic improvement on the original gameplay. Uh, so I hope they remake that. that that's my dream. Okay, so I'm looking at the the actual Star Wars website right now, and they're stating it is a remake. Things are going to be tweaked. Hmm. Hopefully, it's just you know like maybe ironing out some of like the the stories and maybe some of the quests that were kind of lackluster. Yeah. And they don't touch too much of the core because that. Okay. So here's a question for for Zelius and the audience, and I of course will answer as well. What if if a game got, does get remaked, remade? Um, how like I, I if it's an amazing game, if if it's something that we have nostalgia with, for, how much is it going to pain you? Uh, if this remake truly changes some of the stuff that you loved. So for me, there's probably three big things. One is there's a twist in the game, um, which I'm not going to say what it is for obvious reasons, but there's, like most video games, there's a twist, right? Right. So that stays. Two is, it's not like I remember the storylines, right? Like, obviously, I remember the main storyline of the twist, but I don't remember, like, I had this quest where I had to go help the guy at the Emporium. Like, I don't remember that. Right. But a big trend, and developers have talked about it, so... One of the big hallmarks of the original Bioware games, like the KOTORs and the Jade Empires and Mass Effects, is the um, good versus evil dynamic. Right. And KOTOR is very overt about it. I mean, you do some downright dastardly stuff. If you you want to. Yeah, if you want to. If you go the Sith route. And developers have talked about over the years how, like, you know, we feel like gamers much prefer, like, great nuance or it's not straightforward as far as being evil versus good but you're just more the almost like a you almost have like neutrals not like evils and goods when you're thinking of like the um you know the holy trinity of D alignments and so i hope that from a story perspective 
that that KOTOR remake does not do away with that. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, that's also such a big deal that's ingrained, even outside of how interesting it is from a gameplay perspective, that is part of the ethos of Star Wars. Right. It, Sith versus Jedi, you know, hate versus love, I guess. You know, but all those different dynamics, that is such an important ingrained part of Star Wars that kind of take away that, you know, there is right and wrong. There is, well, I guess if you're Sith, it's not wrong. But, you know, there are two polar opposite ways of taking action and approaching a problem. And that is very important to the KOTOR, not just KOTOR, but to the Star Wars universe. And uh, I think negate that at all would be a disservice to what Star Wars is in the first place. Not just from a good gameplay storyline, but just how well does it work into the Star Wars universe? So I really hope they don't take away from that. Um, and I had a third thing, but I think I already forgot it. Eh, um, Random question. Is KOTOR canon? I don't know. I don't know. Because I know they, they like, uh, Lucas, Lucas went through, like, this weird purge where he, like, negated a lot of the, the storylines from uh, uh, authors that wrote books uh, well, that were in the Star Disney. Wars. It was when Disney bought it. When, yeah, when Disney... So you had the whole, like, EU, the extended universe of basically all the books you could get at the, you know, bookstore. And when Disney purchased LucasArts... Uh, that was a big thing is they basically said these most of the extended universe books are basically not canon but that's a good question i don't know how the video games parlay into the what's canon versus not um and the things i don't follow star wars enough to know in general like if the characters in the video game are also players like maybe in the books or their characters like in the movies that I just never noticed, or even like all of the um, cartoons and animes that they have. So I don't know um, about the canon-ish of KOTOR. Okay, so I, I just looked it up on the other computer. And okay, this is like strange as, as hell. Um, the If you were to take the path of light in KOTOR, it's canon. If you do not, it's not canon. Okay, that's actually kind of funny. Yeah. So How do you do that? I mean, well, I... No, it makes sense. So I guess if the canon story of your main character is the path, they're obviously Jedi. Um, and, well, okay, no, it actually does make sense. Yeah, I. So if you actually play to the end versus... So the ending of the game does change. It, what like it's actually a pretty catastrophic change um versus being jedi versus Sith. Mm-hmm. so it kind of makes sense that only one of those would be canon because totally different it would almost be like the equivalent of like in mass effect of what is canon let's just say there was can i mean there's not but let's just say there is canon for what really happened in mass effect according to disney because they bought the movie rights right um let's just say whether or not you let the geth live like Ooh. all of a sudden that becomes canon of one choice versus the other the choices you actually make in kotor are that important as far as that dynamic or so or I, the the okay oh what was the name of the uh the spider race 
if you let them uh, live or not. The arachne. Yeah, arachne, something like that. Yeah, Anyways. so like, but that's the choices you do make in the end with KOTOR. So I do get where that part is canon. I, I can get behind that. It's just interesting, you know. I that is funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is. Um, uh, Zelius made mention of, of something real quick. Uh, he's, he's talking about, um, you know, in Dungeons and Dragons, you got all these these different um, alignments, and ironically, it reminded me that I took. I, I'm a sucker for, for Facebook. Um, what are you uh, tests? And I did take what is your alignment, and. To my not so much surprise, because this is this is the alignment I always played when I was playing Dungeons and Dragons or anything along those lines. It was true neutral, and when yeah, I right. when I popped out the other side of this this uh, questionnaire, I'm true neutral. Ta-da! True neutral. The class of archers everywhere. It's I don't give a shit. Sometimes I do bad things. Sometimes I do good things. It's just a roll of the dice. But you know. Okay, so or flip the card, huh? Or flip the card. Okay, uh, I, well, true. I mean, well, if if you're if you're thinking flip of the card, that's that's the fate system, where you utilize the. the sometimes you utilize fifty two cards. Sometimes you uh, utilize fifty four, like um, most of uh, Nurburger games that utilize the card system. They do yeah. 54, so you can have your boon or your, what was the other one? What was the, the, the um, failure? Boon or, not botch. Was it botch? No, I think it was botch. I think it was boon or botch. botch. Yeah, so um, it'd be very interesting to see. Uh, like I said, I, I pray that when this comes out, that, it's, uh, that PlayStation 5 only has a timed exclusive, and then it goes out to every other platform. Because I would, I would love to pick up this game again. I would be honestly really surprised if that's a permanent exclusive to PS5. Yeah. Because was it originally a PC? Xbox. I mean, I know I played it in PC, but wasn't it originally a PlayStation game? No, it was an Xbox game. Or was it originally Xbox? Is that what it was originally yep. made for? Yep. Because um, I played in PC, so I would, I would be surprised if that's a PS5. Because that to me is, so I get like obviously first party like. You know, Horizon Zero Dawn and those kind of games, or right. the Halos, those to me make sense of being console exclusive because that's what really drives, in theory, the sales of your console. So, as much as we not like, might not like those, I get it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a publisher, having, unless Sony is literally backing up a really big Brinks truck to Disney, that one doesn't make much sense to me. Agreed. Agreed. Um, now, um, uh... I, I want to pause and uh, like we do every single week, I want to pause and do friends of the show because it's these are the individuals that truly help us keep the lights on. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me just do uh, some shout outs for friends of the show. Let's oh, let's start out with uh, the amazing Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make collective, sorry, they make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local and 
unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. If you'd like more information, go to IndieCluster.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-C-L-U-S-T-E-R.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let us let us do uh, the next shout, and that, of course, is Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Whack Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of service, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Noodle Boy! Noodle Boy! Now, of course, I, I have to, this man has done amazing things for me. Uh, he is my chiropractor, so I got to give a shout out to Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves, waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. If you want more information and you're in the greater Atlanta area, check out HeroChiropractic.com. Okay, so as many of you know, when we once we do the shout-outs for uh, fans of the show, which of course, if you want to be a fan of the show, you uh, I could tell you in just a second how to become one. Um, but... Uh, what did Zealys just post? So basically, the uh, according to the official Lucasfilm Games Twitter, which I'm assuming is accurate, their video says it's a remake coming to PlayStation 5 and PC. Oh, thank God. Which is kind of funny because the PlayStation 1, their blogs makes it sound, it definitely makes it sound like it's a PS5 exclusive. Yep. So it's kind of funny that like, play, Sony's like, it's a PS5 exclusive. And then Lucasfilms is like, which is even funnier because it was an Xbox exclusive for the OG version. Yep. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I do, like I do every single show, I want to stress the importance of the next thing that Alter Confusion has been proud to be a part of for the past 10 years, and that is Extra Life. Alter Confusion has been fundraising for Extra Life for 10 years straight. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, gaming. To help, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to our chosen hospital, which of course is Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, as unrestricted funds. This means the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Altered Confusion. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to... I, I uh, Sam, I know you're a huge fan of the show. I'm not saying that in order to be a fr fan of the show, you have to support us. Uh, although your attendance is amazing support in itself. 
Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be added to the friends of the show section, or perhaps you want to help, uh, basically cushion, uh, the behind the scenes cost of Alter Confusion, then let me tell you about Alter Confusion's Patreon. Patreon! Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, supporters, lovers, haters, monsters, uh, 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 aliens, specters, old gods, and more, to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. What this gives you is access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. So right now, uh, there are two different tiers that you could be a part of for Patreon. Uh, the first one is the is a dollar a month, and that is a dollar a month or $12 a year. And what that will give you is the ability to take part in polls to help sh- shape future th- future content for Alter Confusion. And you also gain early access to our playthroughs. Um, so what, what happens is I will record an entire playthrough from start to finish, and then I will post it exclusively for our patrons. And they will have access to it for, could be quite a while, or, um, at, but y'all have the ability to see it before it's out in the public. Now, uh, there's also a $5 tier, and that is $5 a month or $60 a year. And what that gets you, of course, is the ability to take part in things to help shape Alter Confusion uh, and the early access to playthroughs. But it also uh, will put your name, organization, into our Friends of the Show thank you section for every Thursday night hangout. Because we love you and we want to... Show the world that you are amazing and that you're supporting us at the higher level. So if you want more information, of course, go to www.patreon.com slash altered confusion. Now, since uh, our amazing fan Sam is in the crowd, I will do uh, the mailing portion of this. Ladies and gentlemen, all... Alter Confusion uh, survives, of course, on love and support from you. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes, of course, it's, you know, spreading the good word. Uh, but if you, my friends, uh, do not have the capacity to do a financial donation, but you still want to give something to Alter Confusion, um, maybe you have your own, you know, business. Uh, you're an artist or um, maybe a fellow reviewer or you've got your own podcast and you want us to show off some of the stuff that you have to, you know, kind of pump up your brand. Uh, what you could do is you can, uh, what you could do is you can mail it to us at one five, five, one Dunwoody. That's D U N W O O D Y village parkway number. And this is super duper important because if you don't put this section there, you will, or we will not receive your package. It it will only go to the post office. It will be returned to you within three to five business days. Number 88276. Super duper important. That's the PO box number. And of course, once again, the 
City is Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-D-Y, Georgia, zip code 30338. Eight. Eight. Um, uh, so before we go on, um, as many of you know, it was a uh, big weekend for conventions. Uh, there's two humongous conventions that happened over the weekend. One, uh, the local one here in Atlanta was Dragon Con. And of course, the big one in Seattle was PAX Prime. Cecilius, the question is, did you go to Dragon Con? Alas, I did not make it to Dragon Con this year. Sad the day. people I usually go with uh, were unable to go. Um, they had actually, a valid reason. They actually had a very valid reason. Um, and so I just wasn't quite feeling it to go on my own this year. Um, so, nope, I did not make it to the Dragon Con. Um, I for sure will be buying tickets for next year in anticipation of more awesomeness. But at least for one uh, year, I've like, you know, I'm going to take a little bit of a gap this year. So hopefully in 2022, we can fully get back into the craziness. Woot, woot. Uh, yes, hopefully everything settles down and, you know, we can, we can uh, once again uh, start going to conventions uh, and hanging out with amazing people. Indeed. All right, now. Back into the stories. This one's interesting, and I, I'm going to apologize. I do not remember who sent this uh, story to me, uh, but this it is was my cat. It might be Rose. Who knows? But oh, here's some, oh. here's here's something that's really interesting. Uh, there is a story coming out of the UK that basically uh, said that uh, legally. What Star Citizen is doing, in some regards, uh, is not uh, is well illegal, and what the, what uh, what they're doing, and they've been doing this forever. I mean, this uh, when Star Citizen started, uh, first of all, Star Citizen is a, a massive multiplayer online flight sim by that, Robert Space Industries. Yep. Uh, it uh, it first appeared on a Kickstarter in 2020, 2012, and of course they canceled the Kickstarter and brought their own page because they need funds constantly. Uh, they knew that just kickstarting it, they were going they were not going to be able to obtain the funds that they need to make this massive game, which is still in development a year, uh, ten year over ten years or no, about ten years later. Uh, so one of the things that um, this company is notorious or famous for is Presenting players with concept ships. Uh, and, you know, usually to begin with, uh, they've got all these different price levels. And if you if you pledge X amount of money, you could get like some cool ships in your hangar. But then they also have the ability to purchase additional ships, of course, to help fund the game. But... They have been selling for real money ships, concept ships, which technically are not available. And there is no um, exact date of availability. So basically they're selling smoke or mirrors or whatever. And so the UK is going, no, nah, I can't do that, man. Yeah, it's 
it's tricky because you think about it like that's happened with some video games right well basically i purchased a video game that really didn't come out basically but i think the difference though with something like star citizen is in my guess i haven't seen the article but my guess where they're in trouble is not just happening once it's but it's now a pattern like this is something that's happened time and time again with star citizen where it's like a product a digital product it's like hey you got this cool ship and it's like where is my 350 dollars ship i just purchased i think that's probably more so the trouble is not just happening once but a history of these type of actions it's it's uh, promises yeah. that's all it is it, yeah. they're, you're you're paying real money for promises that may or may not come true uh, but I would think, though, that would be Star Citizen's argument. It's basically like, well, we still have, like, we made a promise, but we're still trying to make it happen, basically. Look, uh, man, there's been a lot of promises, especially on Kickstarter, where I have yet to see the product. So, yeah, no. Well, I, I'm a little bit torn because it's, on one hand, I get it as a consumer, where if I purchase something, it, you know, I use the word purchase loosely in this situation. Right. Um of course, I want to see something, but I also, in a case like this, hopefully by now, people kind of know what they're looking at with Star Citizen. Um, I still have no idea. Uh, it, Like I said, it, it first popped up on Kickstarter in 2012. Uh, the original release date was 2014, uh, and then it got pushed to 2016, uh, and... So we're in 2021 right now, right? Yep, 2021, and it's still an alpha. So supposedly, according to some websites I was just quickly perusing, mm -hmm. it's made, well, made, crowd-surfed over $350 million. Yep. Um, it's interesting because it's, you would almost think, like, after the initial kind of fear over, like, what the hell is this game? Is it real? Like it's almost vaporware that people would have been like almost stop crowdfunding the game. But if anything, the amount of money they're actually bringing in has only gone up uh, since 2012. They're saying like 2020 is, you know, their most crowdfunded year yet. So if anything, it somehow continues to keep up um, its steam. It's not like losing crowds. It's actually gaining them somehow. Now, I, I, yeah. um, I, I do want to stress that I, I just remembered the other curveball that these developers are notorious for when it comes to these, these ships, these concept ships. It's limited supply. Get the, we are only going to put 30 in the game when we finally put it in. So, you know, fork over 250 bucks to assure that when we actually get around to putting this in the game, you're one of the lucky few. And if you think about it, if you're a developer and you have, you know, it's somewhere on your roadmap mm -hmm. to put in this 30 ship, this ship that's only going to affect 30 people. Let's be honest. That's way low in the shit tier as far as things you're going to implement. Because mm -hmm. um, naturally you're going to implement things that affect a wide variety of people first and then filter it down to things that affect a small minority. So that's kind of the other gotcha game you play because, you know, you think about it. If you're like, this is a game you're into, and you say, oh, I get this exclusive ship that nobody else is going to have. It's pretty cool. 
Uh, but the reality is, is with a game like Star Citizen that has 18 bajillion features, some things are going to take a while to get there. I do also want to point out that, um, and I've, I've, I've said this on the show many times, I actually bought into Star Citizen back in 2012, and I, I put down 125 bucks, and I totally forgot for like years. And then I'm like, I wonder, did I actually, because I remember I put money down for the Kickstarter, but I, I couldn't remember if I actually put the money that basically got, you know, it never, you know, they never charged me because the Kickstarter never ended. But did I make that pledge over there? And I did. This game, like I said, it started in 2012. The funding and, of course, the creation and development. My computer cannot play it. No, it is actually pretty cool. I was just looking. They do have a pretty, that you may actually find interesting. Hmm. They actually have a very um, detailed progress tracker. As far as, you know, it's not saying what the money is going towards specifically, but as far as the roadmap, I mean, you can peruse through here and see all of the different things. Um, I mean, you can drill down into the um, weapon feature team, and I can see that they have whatever this, you know, incendiary ammunition, and I can see, you know, how long it took and exactly what it is. Um, so that's actually kind of cool. It is, but at the same time, it's I, I'm I'm going to be totally honest. It's absolute bullshit. <laughs> they're, they're basically it, it. They're they're trying to basically drown you with statistics, with fancy with a fancy graph and like a lot of information. Well, it looks like a lot of information, but it's actually not when when it comes to actually development. Where it's like, okay, mission feature team. Uh, in the the past two quarters, they've had nineteen deliverables. For me, 19, deliver, 19 deliverables could be anything. It could sure. be a hell of a piece of the game, or it could be we, uh, let's see, what did I just say? Uh, mission feature team. Uh, they might have, after 19 tries, they might have actually uh, now fixed the ability to have a party of three. I mean, it could be something that simplistic. After You're actually telling you what those deliverables are. So, like... You know, like, so for instance, like under the vehicle team, they'll tell you there's 22 deliverables. And under those, you can see the first one is the bug fixing and tech department. And within there, it'll tell you exactly what is inside of there, which to your point is still a bunch of fluff. Uh, but it's still, it gets, I'll put it this way. It gives more detail than a whole lot of other video games out there give you. As far as what true, true. Well, now, at, at this point, they have to. They have uh, to. I mean, it's yeah. been in development since 2012. You, they've got to have something. Yeah. Uh, but it's almost kind of funny because, you know, we give, rightfully so, Star Citizen a lot of grief. But think about how many games. I mean, in a way, Star Citizen was before its time in terms of this perpetual cycle of games always being in development. Yeah. Um, like the game I've been playing quite a bit most recently is a game called Last Epoch. It's a um, action RPG, just like Diablo or Path of Exile. It's all those, yep. um, but it's constantly in development. And like every week or two, there's a new patch, and boom, patch notes with what they did. So it'll, it's playable, but it still have like entire class trees are missing in the game. There's no multiplayer that they've been promising forever. So there's still very prominent features. 
that are not there in the game, where basically I put down a 20 or $30 deposit, deposit on basically a promise for future goods um, for you know the definition of an early access game. And that's, you know, that's the risk you run. Yeah, and I've, I've, it's been money well spent. I've enjoyed it. Right. Um, but that's like not an uncommon trend that we see for video games, particularly on the PC, where, you know, it's this whole onslaught of early development games all the time. Right. Uh, it's kind of funny because you think it's like, because a lot of these are indie publishers who are putting out the advertise them at least as being early access. But then you have AAA titles that come out as gold, but are buggy as hell. It probably should not have been released. Um, uh, what was that Batman game? Batman Arkham Asylum. Was it the PlayStation version that literally if you got in the Batmobile, your game was screwed? I do remember that bug. I don't remember what platform it was on. Uh, and then, of course, you have, what was it? Uni- um, Assassin's Creed Unity was a buggy whore fest. Where the 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 the, the texture or, or or the yeah the text not the texture maps um, the actual construction of the the characters had like vertices that were inverted so literally it would just be eyes nostrils not nostril holes and like a mouth because the rest of it was invisible or you would have missions where the camera would be stuck to your boot so you couldn't actually see anything. But then you have some games which I would kind of consider in between. So, for instance, a I would say a good example of that would be like Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis, mm-hmm. where it's basically PSO2, like in a MMO open world type of world, where it's a, I use the term loosely here, fully implemented, not considered early access, but yet it's the very definition of gaming as a service where it's going to be continually ongoing content added to the game. So even though it's not called early access, really, what's the difference between PSO2 New Genesis and Star Citizen, where it's constantly released content to really eventually, if ever, get the full version of that game. It's really, what do you call the game? Um, or call the current release date, I guess is maybe another way of putting it. Touche. I mean, I, I I could make the argument of, well, at, at least PSO2, I'd actually be able to play. I would be able to, to tinker around with the settings and, and it would be uh, uh, stable enough for the game not to randomly clash, which Star Citizen still does. Sure. Uh, almost 10 years later. Um, but I, I mean, I understand. But for me personally, when it comes to MMOs and then they release a sequel. I understand that, but I always am fearful that you're going to fracture the shit out of your, um, your fan base and also your, your, um, uh, server populations. And if you really fuck up the, the sequel, what is the, the percentage loss of individuals? You know, like if it's really bad, people are going to stop playing the sequel how many, what percentage of those people will go back to the original and how, what percentage will you lose forever? Yeah. And I guess, I don't know what it is, but obviously there's something about star citizen that keeps people 
I don't know if they're playing the game because I don't think the game's playable. Uh, but obviously, money keep on people continue to pump money into the game via crowdfunding, whatever yep. the stress. So I don't know if they're doing something right or if it's just the best damn uh, scheme. Yeah, thank you. Like, it's because it's not a pyramid scheme. It's just a no. scheme. It's uh, a Ponzi scheme. Ponzi scheme. There we go. Now I was thinking, what is it like when people come to you to sell Cutco knives? Uh, I mean, it's like one of those almost. I have my mom has Cutco knives, man. I had a buddy who was a Cutco knife salesman and actually ro- rose up through the ranks. Nice. But those are the, the those are the what do you call it? Carpet baggers. I had a, I actually had somebody who came, like, I was a favor to a friend who came to me to do, like, the pitch of Cutco Knives. I'm like, what? I'm going to straightforward. I probably am buying any. Like, yep. nah, we'll still do the pitch. And at the end, it's like, you want to buy any? No. Can I have a list of five friends who you think would buy who I can do a pitch to? No. See, yeah, that's no. that's the shit right there. They were not happy. That's, that's the chain letter crap that they, they try to pull on you. It, it like, I'll give you a discount off. if you tell me four other people I can harass. Yeah, they were much more upset with me over the fact that I would not give them like the names of people to contact than the fact that I didn't buy anything. That's you should have said of- the president of the United States of America and your lo- local congressman. Ooh, now we're on to something. Yes. Um, so uh, there's two more stories, and hopefully we could cover them. Uh, the first one is probably going to be quick, and that is that uh, Alan Wake remastered. Uh, there is absolute solid uh, evidence that it is on like Donkey Kong, which I think is trademarked, so I probably get sued for that. But anyways, um, they they release some screenshots uh, that showcase a visual upgrade. It looks gorgeous, um, and apparently for just a little bit of time, Amazon. Uh, the UK uh, site actually listed Alan Wake Remastered um, uh, for what was what was the price? Because as soon as I saw the price, I'm like, oh, I'm in. And that is uh, uh, basically they're saying that it would be the equivalent between twenty five dollars and forty bucks. Which I'm like, I'm in. Mm. Uh, I I loved Alan Wake. I did. I really did. And I would love to play it again. That is another game that is very nostalgic to me. I wonder how well it will hold up because the original Alan Wake, of course, was released in, I think it was 2012, yeah, 2010. So, yeah, I never played it, so. Mm. It's good. It's good. Uh, you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm a horror game player. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I go through, like, phases where I have to play that spooky horror game which by the way I've been pl- I've been playing and, and reading a lot of graphic novels centered around uh, Lovecrafty and stuff so that's why I put the Elder God bit in the uh, the patrons because nice. yeah uh, so I am I I am super thrilled to see what will happen uh, with the Alan Wake remaster now let's talk about something that any streamer has become abundantly aware of and is constantly scared. Oh. And that, of course, is uh, getting a DMCA strike for oh, either no. having music uh, that's copyrighted or sound effects that are copyrighted and, you know, basically getting spanked uh, because you either inadvertently did it, hopefully you inadvertently did it, you're not trying to do it on purpose, because if you did it on purpose, 
then yeah, the strike is legit. But if you know you're you're playing a video game and then there's a radio off to the side that's playing something that ends up being copyrighted, that's just a kick in the nuts. That sucks. Yes. Now, that being said, we we know where Twitch slash Amazon uh, lie with their view, and that is cut that shit out, don't do it, uh, or you'll get a DMCA uh, um, ban. Yep. So Facebook has uh, just come out. Uh, Facebook Gaming uh, has three different levels for streamers. Mm-hmm. They have uh, the, your average everyday streamer. You have uh, a second tier, which is called the level up creators. And then you have the affiliates. And the affiliates are, of course, as soon as you get to affiliate status on anything, that's where you can actually make some money. Um, but the news that just broke was that Facebook... Um, has expanded its access to licensed music for game streams. Hmm. But there's a caveat. It only applies to level-up creators or affiliates, not your everyday streamer, uh, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, coo. That's something to aspire to. Um, So basically, if you... Don't make money for Facebook to get in a shaft is what it comes down to. Exactly. If if you're making money for Facebook, of course they're gonna take a little off the top, and they're going that little bit off the top is gonna to go for uh you know towards uh you know paying for the license of the um the songs and music and sounds. Um but I do but of course there is another caveat, and that is you cannot try to run a radio station. It has to be, you are gaming and you have your favorite, you know, uh, mixed song list in the background. Makes sense. So, I mean. So, I, I just checked and we're not eligible, by the way, on Facebook. Oh, I know. I know. The, <laughs> one one of the things that they that are is required is some astronomical number of hours uh viewed per month it's like sixty thousand hours i'm like ha, 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 ha. 60, no. i don't even stream that much uh, a month Jeez. that's like you got to be on 24 7 you got to be you got to be streaming every single day for what 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 does that actually break down to let's see sixty thousand uh divided by 30. That's 2,000 hours a month of streaming for me. Now, of course, you know, it could be a really really popular uh, video and it could get the 60,000 hours for shorter, but still it's 2,000 hours, which of course would be 24. What the hell? That can't be right. That's not possible. You can't do that. Now, do they mean, though, like the hours that your community has watched? So in theory, yes. if you have like 100. Yeah, so that makes sense. So in theory, if you have 100 viewers, you divide that number by 100 and you have what you really need to stream. So that's the idea. Right, but still, you I mean, basically, you have to it. have, yep. So if you were divided by 100, you're still looking at 20. 20 hours of content that, that a hundred people watched. 
in what period of time? A day. Oh, shit. So basically, in the old, to do only 10 hours a day, you would have to have an average viewer of 200 viewers per a stream yep. on average. Yep. That's actually quite a bit. Agreed. But anyways, yes, we're not eligible for that. Let's yeah. just put it out there. Um, but, uh, yeah. Because uh, I, I'm, I mean, my assumption is part of the, whatever deal it is with the record industry is that's basically Mark Zuckerberg's magic formula for Facebook to break even based on whatever Facebook is paying to the RAAA to have this. So just not count as DMCA strikes. True. That's probably what it comes down to. So it's all about the Benjamins. But of course. All right. So um, real quick, uh, I want to do uh, some recommendations here. Um, first of all, if you are into graphic novels, you have to read Gideon Falls. Amazing. And also Transmetropolitan. Uh, it's not for everyone, but I thoroughly enjoy those two. Um, I'd be, I'm, I'm actually really interested to see what, what a lot, you know, what most people's opinions of the, uh, the Disney plus, uh, special Marvel. What if, um, if it's a weird ass shit, it's basically like, what if instead of, um, Chris Pratt's character being Star Lord, what happens if it's T'Challa? Um, oh yeah, I've heard it's interesting. It is interesting, but some of them I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, but but what's really cool is that they actually got a lot of a lot of the voices for the characters because it's all animated. A lot of the voices for the characters, the actual actors that that play them on the big screen. Hmm. Yes. So, I actually do want to see the new Marvel movie, Legend of the Ten Rings. I've heard it's good. Yes, I want to see that one. I also want to see the Doctor Strange uh, multiverse one. Um, whenever uh, Spider-Man 2 Into the Multiverse 2 comes out, I'm all over that as well. Just all the Marvel movies, man. Look, man, I grew up on Spider-Man, and it really it it hurt me deep during the Tobey Maguire era. Because I was excited mm. that Spider-Man was, you know, on the big screen, but at the same time, like, this is not the Spider-Man that I want. Of course, my biggest qualm with every single, with the vast majority of superhero uh, movies from in the past, now, of course, the, the MCU has done a hell of a better job, is usually these badass uh, villains uh, that, if you were to read the comics can never truly, you know, get stopped. Mm -hmm. Usually die at the end of the the movie. And you're like, what the shit? Like, Doc Ock, of course, him having, like, okay, spoiler alert, which I think it's way out of spoilers, but he dies at the end of the Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Uh, he sinks his creation into the sea to save everyone. So he had, like, you know, a, a, an epiphany, an awakening. Uh, but he died. And I'm like, what the hell, dude? He's been in like hundreds of issues of Spider-Man. He's been, you know, basically dogging this dude. And and within, was it, an hour and 23 <laughs> minutes, he goes from becoming Doc Doc to going, you know what? I'm a terrible person. 
I'm going to die to save the world. But have you seen the um, trailer for the new Spider-Man movie? Yes. I don't think it's a spoiler then to say that does he die? It's a it's a total reboot. Though I did I do like the fact that um But it's the same enemy. Like it's the same right, it's the same actor, which is kind of cool. I'm I'm not that's gonna lie. Really, that's that that's really awesome. fucking awesome. But yes. it is a reboot. And I do I do find it humorous. Uh someone posted a uh a meme of uh of um Aunt May through like all of the movies. In every single reboot, Aunt May gets younger and younger and younger. Was it Benjamin Button who does that? Yes. What? Yeah, yeah. He he starts as an old man and and then so, regress or, or goes backwards. It's secretly Marvel's version. He just they weren't telling us. Yep. Aunt May is really Benjamin Button. <laughs> Rocky. Um. I'll be totally honest with you. I think I only watched the first two Rockies. Rocky's wife got smart. <laughs> Come on, Sam. I can't say that. Oh. I'm going to get in trouble. But anyways. Yeah. Um, damn, I feel like there was another shout out I want to do. Uh, I'm currently playing two games. Uh, I am uh, the, the next playthrough is a game called The Median, which is really effed up. And then the game that I am streaming is um, uh, Dead Secret Circle, uh, which is a follow-up of, uh, I think it's called, uh, I can't remember what the, the first one was, but Dead something happened in the second one that, was, that if you watch the stream, you'll I had a very interesting reaction. I was like, nope, nope, mm, nope, mm, nope, not doing this shit again. Because mm-hmm. there, there's literally, there's one, there's, a main antagonist in the first one that should be gone, should be gone. Spoiler alert. Um, I mean, it's, it's, I think the game's been out for a while, but anyways, it basically you, it's either a hallucination or it's back for real. What is it? I don't understand. I don't know. So there you go. It's a spoiler. Maybe. I don't know. It could be, or could not be. I don't know. We may never know. The world may never know. And of course, uh, I know Zelius loves RNG games, which of course is random random number generator uh, games. So I have yet another game for Zelius to check out that oh, is definitely an RNG game. And that, of course, is called Card Thief. That sounds like the very definition of exactly what I love. It's it's a, I think it's a, a three by three grid of playing cards. And these cards have like different characters and items on it. And you're a thief, and uh, the more you move, especially if you move through like uh, cards that have light on them, your stealth number goes down. Of course, once you hit zero or below, uh, they capture you. Game over. No, not the game over. Game over. So anyways. Check it out. I know Zelius is dying to play it. I already started playing it right now. Shazam! All right, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have reached the end of our show. Uh, Now, before I sign off, I do want to uh, say just a couple things real quick. Once again, 
if you have the 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 ability to do so, please donate to Extra Life. It doesn't have to be Alter Confusion's Extra Life. If you have a friend who's doing it, by all, please donate to Extra Life. If you want to be a part of it, go to extra-life.org where you can get all the information. There's still plenty of time to join in and help uh, raise money for the Children's Miracle Network. Uh, Children's Hospital. Dang it. Children's Miracle. Ugh. I can hold on. I'm going to get this right. It's one of those places. But I don't know it is the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. There I don't know go. why I get tripped up on that every single time. Anyways, you'll learn it. And then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, COVID is still a fucking thing. So protect yourself. Be careful. There are many, many people who are not vaccinated. There's a lot of youngins who can't get the vaccine. So please be careful. Which, I of course, if not you, a hoax. huh? You mean it's not a hoax? No, it's not a hoax. And I have to wonder, this is going to be my, my final thought. I have to wonder, first of all, I wonder if they're actually going to report this, but I want to know how many new COVID cases have occurred after college football opening weekend. Because the University of Michigan has a stadium that houses 110,000 people, and it was sold out. And when they panned the crowd, there might have been 20 in total with masks. Ain't nothing going to stop us from America's sports, sir. Yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure. Give me everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Thank you.